You said, it's ironic. I'll say every election year, I hear Black Lives Matter, but do they? I see every other minority being prioritized except black children living in poverty that can't read. That, I mean, that's a stunning quote. It's true. It's absolutely true. I am not saying anything out of emotion. Yeah. Um, I am not trying to paint a fairy tale for anyone because America does not need a fairy tale. America needs an answer. And right now, if we're gonna spend billions of dollars at the border, if we're going to be putting people up in hotels, what about the kids that can't read? Where's this national effort to help minority children that can't read, Mm -hmm. that are already here in the country? Yeah. So that is a problem, and I'm happy to be a part of this new party so we can finally try to make a difference. Yeah. Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, well, welcome to another edition of American Potential. We're in Atlanta, Georgia, and when, when is an issue so important to you that you'd be willing to switch your political party affiliation? Well, today's guest, who still considers herself a centrist, switched from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party, which made her the first African-American woman to serve in the Georgia General Assembly as a Republican. So what was one of the issues that made her switch? Educational freedom. Because she benefited from her mom being able to send her to a different school outside of the district. In the district she represents, half the schools are failing and the other half have students with GPAs of 5.0. This is why she believes students should be able to go to the school that benefits them. This past session, she was the only Democrat that voted for educational freedom. And that led her to switching parties this past July. We want to welcome Georgia State Representative Misha Maynor to the podcast. It's so great to meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. Yeah, so it took, took a lot of courage really to do what you did. You did it for Kids, right? You did it because that's what matters uh, is is these kids and they've been locked in a system. We were talking just before we started here um, about after you decided to switch from the Democrat Party, you've been a Democrat your whole life, I assume? A whole life, family are all Democrats. Everyone is a Democrat. Well, we're going to get to the family <laughs> and what they think of all of this in a minute. But um, you talked about getting a letter. This is really an amazing story. So Tell us, tell, tell me again what you told me just a minute ago. Yes, yeah, so this is what um, this is all about at the end of the day, which is people. Ever since I switched July 11th, I've been receiving well wishes from people not only in Georgia, but from people across the United States. And there's a couple that sent a letter to me from Pennsylvania. And the letter that they wrote says, we are 78 years old. We live on a fixed income. We do not have a lot of money. Here's $10. Um, We believe that you can make a difference. That's so amazing. And so it really brought it home to me, honestly, because I was thinking this was all about my neighborhood, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm trying to help. But this is a much bigger um, phenomenon that's going on that people across the country 
are looking and seeking for something different. Yeah, I saw I saw your story maybe I don't know when this you did the, you did this switch in July, right? Yes. So you know I saw it then and thought, man, that that takes a lot of courage <laughs> because you know we all there's tribalism in politics. We choose our tribe, mm-hmm. and it's easy to stick with your tribe. It's yes. it's much harder to go with the other tribe sometimes, but to do it for the right reasons is even takes more courage. And so you know there's a tremendous amount of courage there, but. Um, after meeting you today, it was just really struck. And we, we didn't come down intending to do this interview. We were like, this is what a great story. So, um, I mean, ultimately this is about the kids in your district. Have you always had this, this view on school choice or did that evolve? I've always had this choice. I mean, this view. So I campaigned as a Democrat on school choice. Um, when I, my first campaign I won was in the middle of the whole George Floyd era. Mm-hmm. I campaigned on not defunding the police. Okay. Um, I also campaigned on putting people over systems. Did not realize it, that these were quote unquote Republican ideals and not Democrat ideals. They were just common sense ideas to you, right? Correct. <laughs> and these are things that were also important to my constituents. It wasn't until walking into the Capitol and debating policy that I realized the Democrats do not agree with these things, but I kept going forward, you Mm -hmm. know, so there was contention between myself and the party on many things besides school choice. And it wasn't until this year recently where I said, you know what, enough is enough. Yeah. I'm not going to make them happy with these policy decisions. And honestly, they have a right to be a little bit upset because I don't agree with them. And so that's when I made the decision, you know what, maybe you're not a Democrat, maybe you're a Republican. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, ultimately, why do you think, why do you, when you you talk to colleagues who maybe are on the other side of this issue, what logical explanation is, is there for wanting to keep kids trapped in the school systems? I want to, you know... Be careful and say, I only know about Democrats in Georgia. Okay. Right? Sure. And the Democrats in Georgia at the Capitol oftentimes are not reading. And when you read through the policy, it's very clear on what it is. You cannot make something on, you cannot make a story out of these words except what are the words on the paper. Right. And when it comes to this school choice bill, this bill is all about helping children, only the bottom 25% failing schools. So there's a story out there that says there are going to be rich people that are going to use this school choice. Okay, well, my, this is why that's not true. If you are in a higher socioeconomic bracket, you probably live in a higher socioeconomic community. Right. And the schools in those districts are not going to be in the bottom 25%. Sure. Right. And so that means someone is not going to pick up their entire family and move into a blighted community um, so they can get a $6,500 scholarship. Right. It makes no sense, but that is the story yeah. that they're saying. And why are they saying that? They're saying it because of the teachers' union. Um, the teachers' union sends out weekly, sometimes daily videos about me at times. We need to get rid of this person. They support school choice. 
And it's not, so they're making decisions based on a donation mm-hmm. versus what their constituents need. Yeah. It, and it's, you know, it's so obvious. I, I remember thinking back, you know, people like, like Bill Clinton, I remember there was this big uh, furor over him sending Chelsea when he became president to Sidwell Friends School, a private school in Washington, D.C. Well, he has school choice because he's wealthy enough. He was the president of the United States. Joe Biden's <laughs> grandkids can go to a school that they choose. Um, but this isn't about their kids. It's about our kids, right? And that's the difference. America's kids. America's kids. America's workforce. Right. Um, The people that are going to be working in hospitals, the people that are going to pick up our trash, the people that are going to be in the hospitality industry. Right. These are America's children. Yeah. So, and it's not just about our kids. Yeah. And it's, we were talking about the proficiency rates and uh, the score, test scores and things like that in some of these schools. And it's just, it's abysmal. And I don't know how people can justify trying to keep anyone in those schools. Predominantly, these are more, as you, as you pointed out, sometimes more minority school districts or school systems that these kids literally are trapped in. And there are people on the other side of this argument that are, that are making the argument that we should keep them in there. Yes. It's just incredible. And my response to that is the alphabet has been the same alphabet for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost more to teach the same alphabet. The numerical system is the same <laughs> numerical system. It yeah. does not take more money to teach that same numerical system. For Atlanta Public Schools last year, their budget was $1.5 billion. Wow. The B is in boy. Wow. <laughs> billion dollars. Yet, some of the schools that I represent, some of those families, only 2% are meeting academic proficiency, which means 98% um, of these children are not meeting proficiency. Goldman Sachs came out with a study that said in 10 years, 300 million jobs are going to be lost to artificial intelligence. That 98% that we were just talking about Those are the people whose jobs are going to be lost. They will be non-existent. So now they don't have a job. They can't read and they can't perform simple math. Right. That leads to desperation. Right. And, you know, we were were here at this conference. Someone was just talking about um, from the Heritage Foundation, civil unrest, right? Civil unrest can happen when you're desperate. Yeah. Um, So we really do need to think long and hard about educating our kids and giving them opportunities. Well, I think that's what you see in some, some urban areas. It is desperation, right? Because you're, I mean, if you're literally trapped in a system and the government is sort of forcing you into that system, I mean, human nature is to try and get out of that system and do what you need to to get out of it. Correct. And you know, what's really sad about what you just said, even if you try your best to get out of that system, how do you try when you can't read? Yeah. If this if the system is supposed yeah. to be teaching you how to read but you can't read. Right. Where do you go? Yeah. So in doing research on you I I found this quote. I want to read it to you and I want to get your <laughs> reaction. Um you said of uh, the decision your decision to switch parties, you said it's humbling to be embraced for the first time in a long time by individuals who don't find fault in a black woman having a mind of her own 
and be willing to buck the party line. That's pretty amazing. Expand on that for me. Uh, it, it, it does feel good. So I've been working with my Republican colleagues for three years now. Every single thing to help my community, it really has been a Republican that has helped me. Um, the Democrats at the Capitol in Georgia have literally tried to sabotage every single thing that I tried to do. Um, they have tried to shut me up in meetings. They would not let me speak. Um, so I am happy that the Republicans feel like it's okay for me to have an opinion. It is a big tent. There are lots of different um, facets within the Republican Party. You know, there are different ideologies. And I'm able to fit into a little bit of all of them because um, it's this big tent versus this sure. little small tent. Yeah. And you don't have to agree on everything. That's Correct. something that I think as Americans we've kind of gotten away from, right, is to be able to disagree with people on an issue, still sit down and be friends with them, <laughs> yes. have those conversations. They're not mortal enemies. What um, happened to that? Yeah, what happened to that? I mean, we have to get back to that. Okay, I'm going to read you another quote, which is even more amazing. I love it. You said, it's ironic. I'll say every election year I hear Black Lives Matter, but do they? I see every other minority being prioritized except black children living in poverty that can't read. That, I mean, that's a stunning quote. It's true. It's absolutely true. I try everything that comes out of my mouth. I try to make <laughs> sure that it's true. So I am not saying anything out of emotion. Yeah. Um, I am not trying to paint a fairy tale for anyone because America does not need a fairy tale. America needs an answer. And right now, if we're going to spend billions of dollars at the border, if we're going to be putting people up in hotels, what about the kids that can't read? Where is this national effort to help minority children that can't read mm -hmm. that are already here in the country? Yeah. So that is a problem. And I'm happy to be a part of this new party so we can finally try to make a difference. Yeah. So how did you come to this position on school choice? I mean, I assume, have you lived in this community that you represent your whole life? Correct. Or, yeah. Correct. Okay. So I was born in, and let me tell you a little bit about this community. Okay. So this community is where my grandfather and his brothers built a house um, in the late 40s. Mm -hmm. This is a community where the presidents of the colleges, the HBCUs, live. This is where... Hank Aaron bought one of his first houses. So it was a really nice community of yeah. African-Americans. Drugs came in, tore the community up. Um, my mother and I then, you know, after my grandparents passed away, we moved into my family's household. I don't necessarily live there right now, but mm -hmm. I still represent that community. Yeah. My mom sent me to another school I'm um, using someone else's address because the schools were not helping kids then. Sure. Right. And as a result of me going to a school where the mayors of Atlanta, they that it's the school where they send their children. Okay. So I saw children that were friends of mine um, not prosper. When I go back to that same community because I represent the community because I still have family members. Yeah. in that community, I see some of the kids that um, they're adults now that I played with. 
and they're just walking down the street, um, clearly without a, a real goal yeah. in life. And so that's sad to me, and it doesn't have to be. Um, the local school boards have the ability to do so much. It may take a little work, but that's why they're in office. People elected them to that position um, to do the work, and they're not doing the work. It's It really is a local school board issue. Yeah, yeah. So the only difference in the outcome in your life versus some of the kids you grew up with was school. the school you went to. Correct. And, and you had a mom that cared enough that she was going to figure out a way to get you into a better school, get you better education. Yes. And because her parents, too. Right. Yeah, sure. So if we fast forward, if you are. So I was just a generation away from knowing what could be. But if you fast forward to 2023, right now, there are generations and generations of people that have been stuck in a poverty cycle. You know, these are parents right now that grew up in the same failing school. Mm -hmm. And then their parents were in the same failing school. And so how do you get out of that? Mm -hmm. and, And you believe, too, to take this a step further, that's where some of the unrest comes from, right? I mean, that's where people just get frustrated and they can't ever find it out. It's generational. So they, so they react in the only way that they really can. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think people are innately born to want to be in unrestful situations, if you will. Right. But if you are in desperation and you've, only seen your parents be desperate right and you've only seen your grandparents be desperate you know where do you go from there but you know this conversation brings up something else um we have taken christ and god i don't care what your faith is mine happens to be christian Mm -hmm. but our legal tender says in god we trust and we are trying our best the system the left system is trying its best to take God out of everything. And until we put God back into the scenario, because you can be very unrestful, but if you have God in your life, you know, that can really show you another direction. Mm -hmm. But right now, if you're being told, don't listen to God, um, where do you go? Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of people, whether it, whether they have religious faith or, or not people who, um, just don't have values because they weren't taught values, just common decency and values too. Right. And I mean, that's a failure, I think on the part of our, our school system as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's, to me, this is an amazing story. I think you're, you, you know, you have great courage in doing this. It sounds like you were welcomed with open arms uh, yes. by your new party and uh, you plan on doing good things, but you'll still work with Democrats, right, to to do the right thing? I have some friends on the Democratic side. Um, hopefully they will still want to work with me, but let's be clear, many of them did not want to work with me to, <laughs> yeah. when I was yeah. one of their colleagues. Do you have friends on that side of the aisle still? That- I, I do, and they feel the exact same way I feel. They just don't have the courage to make this switch. There was another state representative, correct, I think, before you who also switched a few years back. Um, Maybe it was in Georgia or maybe in another state. 
that switch. maybe North Carolina. Oh, that that could be. Yeah, yeah, North Carolina over the same issue over correct educational freedom. Yes. So yes. Um, I I kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but your family. So your family was what is all Democrats. All Democrats. And so when I announced on July 11th, I didn't tell one single family member. Okay. Because you waited until after the July 4th holiday picnic, I noticed too, <laughs> didn't you? That was smart. That was smart. <laughs> but I did not tell anyone because if I told them, they would have just said, tried to talk me out of it. Uh-huh. It was a tough decision. I did not need outside influence. <laughs> you didn't need a lawyer or outside counsel for Correct. that. Correct. Yeah. So when I made the announcement, honestly, my mom, she found out when it was on TV. Wow. Okay. And it, it had to be that way. <laughs> yeah. And that first conversation really was, I get it. You know, for three years, she's a Democrat. She is going to be a Democrat forever. But she sees how I've been treated. She also doesn't understand why Democrats don't support school choice. She also doesn't understand why they want to defund the police. So she understands all of these policies. She doesn't get it. Uh But when you have been groomed to only be a Democrat and you're told every day that a Republican is the devil, it's hard to... um, think otherwise even Mm -hmm. though you hear it it's hard to think otherwise um i'm just able to be a little bit more outside the box yeah (laughs) so your mother though she she shares the values that you share it sounds like on the issues she's with you she agrees with when i tell her they don't agree with something she's flabbergasted (laughs) she's like they what even the transgender bill when we were um voting on that transgender bill um allowing children um to have these gender altering surgeries during puberty Mm -hmm. um she was like they want to do what (laughs) she did not get it right but that's it wasn't enough to make her say well i'm gonna be a republican right now you're and then other family members? Do you, ha- do you have siblings, I assume, or no? I do have siblings. You know, the interesting, I didn't tell my brother, <laughs> um, but when he found out, I guess other people know that I'm his sister. Uh-huh. So they started calling me saying, hey, my friend's dad or my friend's mom is a Republican. <laughs> and they said, congratulations. <laughs> so it has not been a... a a sad transition yeah. for me. You know, if anything, I'm really happy. I feel like a weight has been lifted. Yeah. I don't have to be, you know, belittle myself because I feel like school choice is important. You know, next session when we go in, when I'm voting, I don't have to be like, oh my goodness, they're going to hate me even more because yeah. I'm going to vote this way. Right. Now I'm going to vote and I might smile. <laughs> <laughs> And it sounds like your family has was raised with good values that they understand you're still their sister, you're still the daughter, you're still their niece, those yes. things. And that's what's most important. Political labels don't actually really matter in life. Correct. Right? No, my family did not disown me because that's awesome. there's an R next to my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. Well, thanks for all you're doing. I mean, you're a real champion and a real hero for for doing this uh all for all for the children 
and for for these kids and there's just not enough people that stand up and 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 do that so thank you for doing that thank you for um what you do um your organization is a national organization you do a lot of work here in georgia and i'm happy to help you and your mission in any way i can you bet well i'm sure that our georgia chapter is going to join forces with you and we're going to just keep pushing on education savings accounts and 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 uh, educational freedom for georgia kids yes so awesome Thank you for having me great to meet you Nice to meet Thanks you so too. much. You bet. Well, what a champion Misha Maynard is. I mean, she's going to be a real superstar. I, 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 that's my prediction is that she's going to be a real superstar on this because she speaks, you know, from experience. This comes from her own life, that amazing story about how her mother put her in a different school and she goes back today and sees people that she grew up with and it's, it's, it's totally different, totally different. Uh, outcome as opposed to the background that, that that they both had. So it was great to have her looking forward to see the great things that she does when uh, she engages on this issue. And I wish her the best of luck. Thanks for listening to American Potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.